Welcome to the JMS Podcast. Got a great episode today with the awesome comedian Curtis Taylor III. Had a great conversation with him. And he was very insightful when he came to the comedy world and how to, you know, look at things and approach challenges. Uh, So, yeah, look forward to the conversation. Also, if you want to email me, contact me for any reason, whether you want me to talk about a certain subject, you have any questions, you can do that at jmspodcast at gmail.com. You can also join the Facebook page to search JMS Podcast on Facebook, and I'll be posting pictures of my guest. So if you're ever curious about how the guests look like, well, there'll be pictures on a Facebook if you're interested. Uh... Follow me on Twitter if you like. It's JM Sanchez. And upcoming shows will be on Facebook as well. So, yeah, great episode. Uh, last episode, I mentioned that I received my first billing for uh, credit debt. So, I took care of it. That's right. I got to get my shit together. So, I went over there, paid for it, and. It was weird, <laughs> to say the least, but got it out of the way. Came with the cost. I'm super broke now, right? Because I had this pretty big debt. So everything I had, all my savings, put it on there for the sake of, of you know, not getting a bad credit score. And it's, but they still took away my credit card. It was so emasculating when they take away your credit card and they're like, oh, we're going to cut it up for you. It's like, I didn't even ask you to. You just took it and like, and it's like. That little piece of plastic represented my, like, monetary value. Right? Because we all value ourselves somehow. Well, here in America, we value ourselves with money. And, like, now I'm super broke. I'm zero. I'm nobody. Nada. And, man, I gotta get creative. I gotta find ways to make more money now. I got a lot of stuff to pay off. And I got trips to go to. Oh, well. Here's for uh, a better tomorrow. I hope you don't hear that blender in the background. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would just do this all over again, but I'm too lazy. So, bear with it. Um, anyway, let's get to the conversation with Curtis Taylor third. Curtis Taylor the third, welcome to the podcast. Glad oh, to have you here. Thank you for having me. I mean, thanks for having me here. I'm kind of excited. Yeah, you yeah. ever been interviewed before in a podcast? Uh, yeah, I've been interviewed a couple times in podcasts. They're fun, and a lot of times it gets kind of random. And then, or they talk about subjects that I either know a lot of and don't want to sound super smart, or that I don't have no clue about, and I just don't want to sound dumb. <laughs> so it's one of those two situations, but hey, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I'm 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 wondering what the questions you got for me today. Uh, I don't have much questions. I just want to know a bit about you. You you already mentioned you're a middle child. I am the youngest boy. I have two half older brothers. I have an older sister and a younger sister. Okay, and I totally get being the middle child. I guess for some reason it's 
I guess not always, but there's a pattern where the middle child is the one that that kind of gets into the creative side of things. My to look at the whole strategy of my family, my older sister is the middle child. I'm the youngest boy, so I kind of get like I don't know. I'm kind of different than the other ones. I, I was a mute as a child, so I really? was a mute to like third grade. I had to repeat it twice. Kind of funny being called Curtis Taylor third and repeating third grade twice. But yeah. Well, you're mute, so you didn't talk. I didn't talk till like third grade. The first, the first third grade, then second third grade. I was like, I think I should start talking before I start. <laughs> That's when you decided yeah. to talk. <laughs> so you, you grew, you grew up shy, I assume. Not shy. Not shy. shy. I was just huh? like, uh, if it, if if someone asked me a question, I would like smile at them and then shrug and then walk away. <laughs> and I was like the weird. I was like those weird kids that like, like I don't think he's shy, but I don't think he's normal either. <laughs> Did you grow up here in San Jose? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I went to um, kind of over there by by the fairgrounds, Santa Clara Fairgrounds area, Silver Creek area. Silver Creek. No, you know what? Creek a lot area. of stand-up, local stand-up comedians come out of Silver Creek. I know you went there. Victor Cruz Perez went there. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned someone else. Uh, what is Does that Fran- school? Francis came from there. Um... I think it's only, only us four. We're only us three, really. I think there's... See, that's a lot, because as far as I know, I'm the only one who's actively doing stand-up who came from Opita's High, as far as I know. Uh, I don't really know anybody else. Yeah. I don't really know anybody else. You're, like, from rival school. Is that our rival school? Yeah. Really? We were, like, it's us. Like, every east side to, like, the... the to the mountains, all are rivals to each other. Oh, now, yeah. yeah. Now there's Evergreen High, and I don't really count them. They're like a newborn baby. So everybody's a rival. Mm-hmm. From like. You made me feel special. I was like, oh, we're rivals? Really? Yeah, we really like, are. Oh, ri- but, really- but, but then you're like, everybody's a rival, so it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Not Okay, it's kind of like, yeah, we are rivals, but it's like, how many times do we see each other in each division? It's kind of like rare. Yeah, right. There's some where like, dang, we see you guys. We see you guys every year, and then the other ones are like, man, we see you guys once in a blue moon, like that, because you know how, you know, San Jose is a big city compared to all the rest of the Bay Area. Like we're the biggest one compared to San Francisco. We have more population. Or the third is third biggest city in California. Yeah, because there's LA, San Diego, and then us. We're bigger than San Diego, actually. Are we? Oh, okay. We're we're it goes LA. Yeah, I think you. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I thought it was gonna be like L.A., San. I thought L.A., Sacramento, and then us. No, way, way bigger than Sacramento. Way bigger than Sacramento. Well, yeah, I thought. Nah. Thing is, the Sacramento they have all that terrain and stuff. Oh, okay. But, but don't don't let it fool you, man. <laughs> Why does everybody say that about Sacramento? <laughs> no, you know Sacramento. Don't let it fool you. All that beautifulness. We're always shitting on on Sacramento. It's pretty bad. Yeah, beautiful state capital. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around like piece of shit. Piece yeah. of shit. Just damn. But but what Sacramento has, which I heard, is that they have a bigger comedy scene than we do. No, no. I, I, That's shitty too. No, I don't say I don't I don't say any place is shitty. I just say like when you go as as a comedian, like what is the biggest or what is the mecca of Cal of California comedy? You're LA. naturally gonna have to say LA. Yeah, and then um, you spent some time there. Mm-hmm. Spent like I spent like about shoot, um, half of half of a year there. Spent seven months there. How was the comedy scene there, like in person? Uh, it's kind of like imagine going to like an all star game where everybody's good. First year, like if you're first year there, to like someone that's been doing it like twenty plus years, you're still going to have to. 
handle the learning curve in Los Angeles. Learning curve in Los Angeles is different than up here because we have more time here. They have less time and more competition. We have less comedians and more time. So it's kind of like if you're going, if you already know your voice, then yeah, I suggest you to go down there. But if you have no clue about what you're saying up there, you're going up there, you have a couple beers, you might light up a spliff and go up there on stage. Yeah, it's fun to do that. But when you go down to LA, there's people that get higher than a kite, drunker than a skunk, and kill because they are technically better at right. what they've been technically built for it. So now that that whole intangible of it is gone. I'm sorry to sound like one of those like. No, I think it's very insightful. You know, at the same time, it's like comparing comparing LA to like other places like the Bay Area and Sacramento. If you're going, if if you're coming from out of state, let's say you're coming from like New Jersey or coming from Texas or coming from Miami, and you're saying what kind of what where should I go first? If you don't have, if you can't bring a if you can't bring ten people to a comedy show, and you say you're funny, then I don't really I don't really call you like you're a comedian. You're not really a comic. You should naturally bring people because of what your art entails. It's not like a bringer show or anything other than that. It's like, can you bring your work? Can you show what your work is made for? Because at the end of the day, this is a business. We all have a franchise, just like how you have yours, just like how McDonald's has the arcs. At the end of the day, does your franchise or does your market equate to who you are as a, as a as an artist? And that's what LA taught me. Just like, if I'm gonna be a comedian or a comic or an entertainer of such, who who likes me? Who likes what I'm talking about? So that's so that's what it's business one on one. It's branding. Mm-hmm. It's, you gotta build a brand. You gotta live up to those standards of your brand. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And and if you can't live up to your brand, then I mean, start from ground zero and start building. I mean, it's not it's L.A. All these all these places. L.A. New York. You know, Houston. Big big comedy thing out there. You can go up to Canada. Big big thing about Canada too at the end of the day how many people are going to sit down and listen to you talk because that's what we do we, we stand up and we tell we talk now people kind of misconstrue it as like oh well you know my style is different than this person's style but at the end of the day we all stand up and talk maybe some of us might bring shit on stage but <laughs> carrot top or something like that but it's just end of the day can you bring your X factor. Can you bring, you know, mom and pop? Can you bring the guy that like you that gets you sandwiches every two weeks? Can you can you bring him and his wife and the kids? Because that's those are what the clubs want. I mean, you can be the funniest human being alive, but if you can't bring anyone on stage, then it's a hobby. No, and that's not, not just my opinion. I mean, there's a lot of other comedians that would tell that's that's full of bullshit, but. This is my opinion. If you're if you're good at what you can do, sooner or later you're gonna get a letter of recommendation. Just like how in sports you're gonna get a letter to go to go to Texas because you're the one of the best players in Texas or one of the best players in your craft. Yeah, you. Def- I feel like you, here at least you definitely built a brand, in my opinion. Because when I first saw you it was at the caravan and you brought something different that most comedians didn't didn't doesn't really bring, which is 
you really get physical and you really get dancing. You even dance on, on, on one of your sets. Yeah. I, I, I went to school for – I started dancing when I was, like, a little kid. I saw my grandparents dance. It was something that I saw them do all the time. Um, I started – I learned how to dance from, like, locking myself in the garage and just putting on music and moving. And then uh, – Kind of dancing your time when you're, like, ballet or I, – I literally – I just looked at TV and it saw all the forms of dance and it just every single time I saw a new form of dance it just rose the interest it's like from the older I get the more I keep seeing dance as more than what people portray it as I love dance but at the same time I'm like I'm African American so people expect me to be like oh shucky and jivey and show them some crazy moves you know like <laughs> you gotta play with the stereotypes is I, that I, what you're I, I, my main objective is I'm trying not to but it's like I really love dancing so now I'm in this weird conundrum as a comedian like oh what's your natural ability oh I got very great like metaphors and similes but I can imitate any animal that ever lived. I can literally dance with anybody in the world. I can make someone, I can teach someone the greatest dance moves in life. Problem is, I, if I was like another shade or something, oh man, I would be killing it. But I'm, I'm black, so there's like 1,500 other black dudes that can do that same task. So it's like, for me as an artist, it's like, how can I show that differently than other people? And that's why I came back home, because that's what I learned when I went down there. I love dancing. So do other like 30 other people. And people are going down there saying that they're dancers, but now they're doing stand-up comedy. And then me, I'm like, I'm a stand-up comedian that like dances. Yeah. You integrate it to your, I integrate to your comedy. It, yeah. Like I, I, I literally watch people and I make a beat for them for how they walk. Because I went, I went to art school for that. Like from childbirth on, I just always felt like everyone has their own beat. Everyone has their own story. And my main objective as an artist is to just figure out a way to to have everybody understand that everybody's story is supposed to be loved. That's it. And when I say love, I mean like literally like, oh man, that's, that's a good story. And then that's it. Like, Yeah, I agree. The whole point of getting on stage is to be loved. Mm-hmm. Just that, that's the whole factor. Which brings, you know, people who do stand up to antagonize the crowd. It's like counterintuitive. Well, I think it's I think it's the classic case of of uh, revenge and the nerds type of thing. Like you've always been the underdog, and now that you have the mic, you're standing up, and they're sitting down. They're looking up to you. What's your first thing as a person that's always been a person that's been sitting down, been pushed down? It's to show your weight, show how man, I ain't no punk. Like always do that, and that's. And that's the case with some comedians. Like, they don't know any other option except let me just insult the crowd or let me just say some raunchy shit. That's okay, but it, you're going to hit a wall. There's going to be someone that says something nastier than you. There's going to be someone that's going to talk more shit than you. The end of the day, who are you? Where are you from? Why did you do this? <laughs> Why do you have a mic in your hand? Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the big things, man. And that's and and for me, like I'm asking that question every day. That's that's right right now. I used to do. I used to when I first started, I would do, like I started with a mic a day, and then it turned to two mics a day. And I thought I was falling with two mics a day. Oh, was, then it turned to three, and then it turned to like how many can I get in a day? And and 
Then I left here and I went down to LA and it's like, okay, let me see if now we're back at, we're gonna go one mic again, two mic. And now I'm at a point where I'm trying to get to do a thousand, one thousand and ninety two mics. Once I get there, I feel like I can make a special. I mean, I've done comedy so many times. I've been on mics so many times, but now my main objective is different than all the years that I've ever done it because I have a number. Okay, I've done these mics X amount of times. I've recorded so many X amount of times. With all the stuff that I've made, all the homework I've made, I have to show a product at the end of this. Or I'll just be homeless, like my grandma told me. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's that... It's it's to set these bars for yourself to, to get to where you need to get to. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, there's the uh, 10,000 hours theory. Yeah. And for stand-up, it's extra hard because it's like you got five minutes. Five minutes. and the, or, or if you're lucky, seven minutes here. But I'm sure in L.A., it's three minutes, right? It's, you fucking around might get one minute. One minute, yeah. There's there's places, yeah. There's places where you get one minute. So and, our 10,000 hours is going to come a lot later. <laughs> There's, it's, and I feel like every every city has their own like homework assignment, and and as us doing stand up comedy, you can't you can't stay in a city for too long because you end up becoming that voice, that status quo voice, and as a as a comedian, you can't you can't eat that. What do you mean status quo voice? You can't sound like the guy that you that you sit by the water cooler with every day. As a comedian, you can't because you're the person that inspires them to go up on stage to say the jokes that they say at the water cooler. They can, you can't be that guy. Your main objective is to always be on this adventure, third like adventure elementary school, always asking questions mentality. Once you stop being curious you stop reading books you stop asking ridiculous questions that kind of make you giggle and you start going to this like i'm gonna tell this joke i know people are gonna laugh at this joke because i made the structure for it that's when you're gonna lose because you're 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 souring yourself i feel like if you're an artist or you're anything in life you're going to have to always stretch a new muscle you're always gonna have to look at a new theory you're always gonna have to see another out aspect of life to make your voice stronger because you have your own opinions you just like you have your own opinions i have my own right so the second you become comfortable with your jokes it's a bad sign i think it's a bad sign i think it's terrible in general if you get comfortable it's it's not so great because because then you stop trying that extra hard to make you know things more interesting like look at the animal kingdom if if a gazelle gets lazy, lion gotcha. Right? Yeah. If a lion gets lazy, young dude, gotcha. Now I'm part of the pride. You better you leave the you better walk out in the desert. You know, like yeah. it's that's the thing like messed up with with human society. We are now so stuck with like, let's just chill. <laughs> Do you think technology plays a big part in that? No. no. I think I think this laziness. Business. I think I think technology has helped us realize who the lazy people are and who's not. So the better question is us being because I think this is mostly true for like first world countries mm-hmm. uh, or a work ethic because we get comfortable with what we got and our work ethic might, you know, be different as opposed to someone who comes from a third world country and it's like doing extra hard to go to school, extra hard to get 
make that money. I mean, look at look at the you, you can look at other societies like look at kids from India right now how the techno technological boom is happening in our area in the Bay Area. They're they're thriving because they don't have extracurricular activities. They just have algebra, and if they that's it, they go home. They're going to sleep. They wake up, probably you know breakfast, go back to school, because they're they're. That's I I was talking to someone like it's not, it's never been in life. Everyone always says like oh well we're all gonna die. Okay, that's obvious. I mean, <laughs> duh, we're all plant foods at the like. Let's be real, we're plant foods. That I really find that at the end of the day, I feel like trees would look at us and be like, eh, you're gonna feed me soon. Like that, I just <laughs> I feel like that. But you're chewing me up now. But wait till you die, bitch. Wait till you die. <laughs> you, you you smoke me. Oh gosh, I got two plants. I'm sure they're both like saying that to themselves. Yeah, right now. just like. <laughs> One smokes me. I know one eats the fruit that I give it. It doesn't even know it's gonna be plant food. And they just both giggle, and while they giggle, it's just the wind blows. <laughs> but like, on, on like real tip, like okay, we're all gonna die. That's true. But what's your what's your what's your end goal? What's your story? How how many people are gonna show up at your funeral? Some weird way, I don't think I want anybody to go home show my funeral. Like in some I'm weird a- way, behind my mind, I want to die so secluded and isolated. <laughs> That's the comedian and, way. And, like and, no one knows. Yeah, we're in the backwoods. Nobody knows. Yeah, I, it, it, and the part of me is like, you know, I think I think that's better for everyone. You know, I'm doing it in their favor. But then, <laughs> but then part of me is like, wait a minute, I want everybody to be it's there. Not really like that's super cynical in uh, the way. Uh, like I don't want no one there. Don't send the invites, all right? I just wanna, just wanna die in my sleep. <laughs> it's just like, damn. Uh, <laughs> well, at least I know if I go to your funeral, that's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, terrible. Curtis, if I die, don't don't go to my funeral. That's the I'm wear headphones. It's okay. Uh, I'm there. <laughs> People are gonna call me an asshole, but I'm there. <laughs> you see, put my headphones off. You told me I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> put it back on, and then I'm gonna start pop locking because I love dancing. <laughs> I might throw some little East Coast swing. I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, all right, that'd be great. I'll play uh, some Bonta music. I don't know what's gonna happen in your death. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, um, what are we? What's the end goal? Like, what do you? What do you? What are you living for? Oh, sorry, my phone's on. It's all good. Talk about technology. Yeah. Oh shit. Uh, decline. Like, what do you? What are you living for? Like, what are you living for? What's your? What's your end goal? out of life you know when you do get all the money that you want you do get the wife what does she look like why does she look like she looks you know I don't think you have much of a choice why she looks like well you you do gotta gotta unless you're paying for plastic surgery but for the most part it's naturally she's born that way like any any girl can end up becoming your wife It's, it's it's all about which girl you can wake up and be like huh I don't like your face you know like that's but at the end of the day, when you're when you're gasping your last breath, or you, you know, you're about to get you about to get hit blindsided by that crazy ass car, or someone got the gun in your mouth, and they say, "Motherfucker, give me all your money," and you're like, "You know what? I lived a pretty good life. Bust it!" Like, yeah, like yeah. that's more to me. Like that's more human than someone being like, "Well, there's nothing else to live." Yolo. That's not human. That's not a human emotion to me. Human emotion is I know what I'm going for. If I don't even reach it. At least I know that's that's my story. 
Yeah. So, I mean, if you any book says it, like, man. Just, just keep going forward. Even if you don't know where you're going, just keep going forward. Just, yeah. Even, even if you have no direction in life, you just look up in the stars and you go forward. That's true. That's true. You might hit a tree, though. Yeah, you might hit a tree, and then <laughs> but the tree's gonna the be tree like, might kill you and eat, yeah, eat you out. Like, yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, step one, he's <laughs> gonna hit me. <laughs> but so you went to school for dance. I went. To, was that your major? I went to the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. Just, Whoa, yeah. So you're the second person. Who was it? Jacob. Jacob Sanchez. He also went there before film, but he doesn't do film anymore. What does he do? I've no. He's stand up. He does stand up. Oh. Jacob to, Wheels is his stage name, but you went oh, there. Okay, yeah. But you went there. Wow. I went, I went there for. Uh, I went there first for. It was weird because I saw it on TV and I was like, "Oh, you know, Academy Award." <laughs> like I have like those late night. I used to watch a lot of cartoons. I'm like, you know what? I have all these ideas for characters. All right, I'll go check it out because I I went to all these other colleges just to play sports. Right. And I was like, either I'm gonna go to art school. Or either I'm going to join the Air Force. That's, that was my, like... Military was an option for you? Yeah, I was either going to go Air Force, or either I was going to go to the Academy of Art. And that was my two options. I had no other no other ideas of going. Do you come from a family of, of military? Like, you have people um, who were in the service? Curtis Taylor the first was in the um, Army. He served his term. I don't... That's your grandpa, right? That's, that's it's, no. it's fucking hilarious how you refer to your grandpa and your dad. Curtis Taylor the first... Curtis Taylor the second. It's Curtis Taylor. And, and then th- you're the third. I'm the third. So if you have a kid, we name it the fourth. C4, boom. C4. <laughs> that kid's going to be so cool. Oh, man. I dream about that. But uh, my 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 grandfather, my uncle, um, my mom's stepfather, uh, a bu- I think a bunch of people, uh, my couple cousins, my god brother my god i think my godfather too think about it yeah there's a lot of i got a lot of people in my in my clique that that be that be on that military tip you okay. know so but, so is that or art and you decided art i decided art everybody in my family was like no don't do it you're bad at everything <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you, what happens if they shoot at you and you miss and like that's the, <laughs> Like they were, they were so scared. I can't even clean up my room. Like, how are you gonna be in the military? You can't even clean your bed. I'm like, I know, but they're gonna teach me, (laughs) or I'm gonna get buff. One of the two. Was your family supportive? You being a a dancing and comedian? Yeah, they actually like were telling me like, why didn't I do that? Like, why didn't I I stick to that? Because when I told people I wanted to do, I wanted to do stand up comedy. First, I did. I actually didn't even think I was funny. I I still kind of don't. I don't think like I'm funny. funny either. I really don't. I just think I say something that people have thought about, like when they're on something, when they're drinking yeah. or talking to their friend, and they're like, "Oh, snaps!" I think the same way, and their natural response is just to laugh. Yeah. We're not funny. We're trying to be funny. I'm, I'm really just trying, trying to make a dance party out of every situation. Dance party. Dance party. Oh, this or whole like time, philosophy. you're not like, making us. You're not, trying, you're not trying to make us laugh. You're trying to make us dance. I'm trying is to make you either dance or have like this full blown, like deep thought question where you're giggling, but you're like, I think he just taught me Plato's Republic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know about it. 
He taught me while dancing. He taught me while dancing. <laughs> the Foxtrot? Like, what? Plato's Republic and the Foxtrot. Fox That's awesome. <laughs> me and my wife just did it. I don't know why. We just started talking about a duality of life. I didn't even know this dude even knew what duality was. <laughs> Sorry. It's on my good. own tip right now. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but yeah, I went to art school. Uh, a teacher, uh, one of my fraternity my fraternity little brother told me first like you should be a stand-up comic and i was like (laughs) yeah i really i can i can't when i first started like when i was a little kid i would sit there and watch every saturday a comp you know it's like hbo specials yeah i'll sit there and i know it's only like 30 minutes long but i'll sit there and by the first joke if it wasn't funny i'll just walk out the room as a little kid so like now when I as I grown up, there was some comedians I would just sit there and just giggle and laugh. If somebody tells me a joke that's really funny, I might pee on myself. Like it's it's. But on that same tip, like now that I I grown up, I was like, man, there's so much comedians talking about issues that are not really like they don't look like they're happy doing it. So it's like, oh, okay, why well, do a job where everybody's not really happy doing it? Like comedians are like number like three or four in suicide. Really behind a dentist and this psychologist, dentist. I think it's like comedians, and then like in some ways we are psychologists in some weird way. No, not that's yeah, stupid. we are. We're, are we, do we're you think some so? some big theory, yeah. Because we're we're maybe we're, therapists, but not psychologists. Because right, because people go to humor for therapy, and we're like kind of giving them that. But at the same time, we're, we're psychoanalyzing we're, like ourselves and society around us. That's yeah. why we do the whole people watching thing. But at the yeah. same time, we're we're questioning life. But I think what causes the comedian to like lose themselves or lose their mind or even start doing drugs and drinking is the part of I'm saying all this stuff to people, and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Maybe two or three things are happening in a positive manner. But nothing's happening because comedians are just like actors and actresses. We're sensitive as shit, and even though we'll say some real, oh yeah, we're gonna say something real tough, you know, or say something real witty. But at the end of the day, I can I can really believe some comedians be crying in they sleep. Mm. I cried last night. Oh, see, see, I, mean, I got I bust a couple tears. Sometimes <laughs> I throw one out, one each, one each eye. <laughs> So then you go to school for, mm-hmm. for dancing, and then you're, you're frat. You were in a frat. I didn't uh, know that. That's pretty fraternity, cool. Fraternity, Fraternity. Man. You don't call your country uh, a cunt. A cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was... Oh, man. I was, <laughs> oh, man. You t- what, what frat house? Fraternity. Fraternity. What fraternity? Fraternity. Is frat a drug to your term? For, you don't call your country a cunt. Like, you cunt. keep bringing it. Like, I, I might call it a, a cute country. A, c- a cunty? A cunt. You a call, cunt. your, you call your country a cunty. That is adorable. That is nice. I, uh, I joined a fraternity in... Uh, do you hate when people say frat? I really do. Why uh, is that? Because it's like... Do you feel that there's a lot of like, connotations with that? Like, oh, he's just a frat boy. I or... just feel... I feel like it's like calling someone... It's, I feel like you, you're calling something out of its jurisdiction. Like, you're, you're, you're not calling... a. If I call every white dude a honky... Then it's they're just white. That's just you know like you're not yeah. calling it what this guy's not really white. You're really British from da 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 da. Like if I'm gonna call something by what it's called, I'm gonna say it as status quo as possible. If I'm gonna say something like sly and something slick, then I might like get to the point and call like you know 
I'm with, oh, I'm hanging out. Who are you hanging out with? And I'm a bunch of, around a bunch of people that aren't a part of fraternity life. Then I'll say frat because they don't know. They they're never going to understand that life style. Just like how you you hang out around a bunch of black dudes and they be like, hey, what up, my nigga? Da, da, da. Because there's certain issues that it's it's never gonna it's never gonna equate. And that's just how the status quo is now. Maybe later in history, like life will change to where everybody will understand it and then grammar will change just like any other century grammar changes but right now I just I, I rather I have little lines about me that kind of like I will say this how it is because I know the people that are involved in it and I know how much respect and honor that they have towards it so the best thing I can do is just say I am a fraternity brother from this like I am a fraternity brother from da 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 what fraternity is it I'm from Kappa Sigma Kappa Sigma fraternity Pi Upsilon chapter I'm a founding father you're a founding father that's fraternity. like yeah it's an even better reason why you're you know you're making sure you get you know the etymology yeah, like, of it right yeah the wording. St- like founding fathers the people that make it first start it and then um then you got your like classes that start under it the people that like the next class is the f- alpha beta gamma and so on and so on in Greek alphabet so you, you you were in the role of of leadership. Mm-hmm. I was president for like uh, 2000, 2010 to 2011. Were you always attracted to being some kind of leadership role? I went to high school. Uh, my Silver Creek's motto is we lead, others follow. That's the motto for the high school. It's a little pretentious. <laughs> we lead and everybody, everybody else, else just, follows just, us. You know, just child. I mean, the, color, the colors are, come on, we got prison colors. You got orange, silver, and black. <laughs> We better lead with those colors. <laughs> you can't be like Silver King High School. We well, lead ourselves to jail. <laughs> were you were you that class president or something in high school? Or Mm-mm. I was in. I played varsity my freshman. I played varsity freshman year, freshman year to senior year, and I did that also in track. Oh, you were good then if you were in varsity, or was there not that many football oh, players? I, was, I played basketball. Oh, basketball! I played basketball and I ran track. I ran four hundred yard hurdles. Went to like league every year. Almost made it to state a couple times. Wow. Uh, got looked at by Stanford, torn meniscus and ACL my junior year. Uh, was in choir for all four years. I was in in like the because you know there's two different brackets. There's like your your basic and then you have your advanced. I was in advanced my sophomore year till senior year. Um. Did music? Did did one music? Did one play in high school? That was my senior year because it was like. Well, senior year, we'll see what happens. I was like, I'm did poetry. I did. Uh, I was AVT president my, I think sophomore year and junior year. What is that AVT? It's like all the stuff like you know. If let's say KML came to like a the school function, I will bring out the speakers and help set it up. Oh, okay. And then audio visual technology. Audio visual technology. So like I learned how to do like 3D animation and all that crazy stuff as a kid. Don't ask me how to do it now. I I will look at you like I don't even know. <laughs> I have no clue. But I do yeah. like the funny thing is like if you put a computer in front of me and a bunch of speakers, you tell me like, I don't know how to hook it. I don't know how to hook anything up. By the time you say anything up, I already hooked everything up and be like, yeah. Now turn it on. <laughs> Time to dance. See, like I always thought as a kid, like if I learn how to hook everything up to speakers, then I can have a dance party. Half the battle. I already know how to dance. There you go. Now I just need to figure out all these different forms of dance. 
Oh, snap. You should bring your own speakers to your comedy sets. I don't want to do that. <laughs> then I'll, I'll, fit the, I'll fit the status quo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make them what they want me to be. All right. So you are a... But now we're, we're jumping forward. You were in the Institute of Art. Academy. Of Academy. Art. I'm sorry. They're two different, right? Yeah, there's two different ones. Yeah, so like, I get, I get them all jumbled up. You I see, bet. like now the, the uh, country to cut thing starts making sense because I have to like it's this and then it's this. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess it's pretty common for people to really you know mix them up or not, or it's just yeah. me. It's it's super common. Super um, that's common. honestly common. So so you go to the Academy of Art, mm-hmm. private school, super yep. expensive, but super but but hard to get into. So good job. Yeah. Uh, and then you were you started a fraternity. Mm-hmm. It's like us. Best years of your time of your life, I heard, or maybe it was. I was not the same person when I got out. Mm. I was not the same made person. you a man. And they, once I got in, it's lifetime lifetime of just people that I can naturally be around, and and they know me. I know them. If if I met another person that was sick and they needed help, I know, I know, I can just drop my I can drop everything and help them out and know for a fact that they, a day is going to come around and I'm going to need the same and it's not going to be like 21 questions like billion questions it's just going to be right. like okay let's go is that trust the level of trust there's level of trust there's level of honesty level of this like you, you gotta have there's two things in life that like make make us it it's, makes a cap of sigma it's like diligence and commitment those are the two things that I, I yeah. that Lo- it, loyalty goes a long way hmm? long way and that's where the the, the planted oof, got that mixed up. The comedy seed was planted in you when your fellow brother, yeah, uh, it, at, told you to try stand up. Yeah, because they would they would tell me that we would have meetings where like I would, I would just sit there. I had to sit there and 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 I would just make faces or make comments, and people would laugh, and I would just always think that like you, you guys ain't taking this shit seriously. <laughs> and I'm like in my head, I'm like that was a pretty good joke. I don't know why. I don't know how. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> but it and it just started with him and then I got to finals where a teacher pulled me aside and he's like, Man, just go up to a mic and just try. Try do stand up. Wow, so people were pushing you to do stand up. I and I was pushing them away. Like everything wow. in my life is like, Oh, you know, you should do this and I'm the first person like, Yeah, you don't know my life. That's like, so rare when people are actually kinda like obligating you to do stand up. Wow. Mm. It's it's uh. So what was the first uh, mic you hit up? It was the Brit in downtown San Jose. Oh, uh, when it was Atu's uh. It was uh, yeah, it was Atu's place. It was God, yeah, it was uh, June fourth. Like about to be four years from now. How old were you? I was about to turn twenty five. About to turn twenty five. Yeah. About to turn twenty nine. Yeah. About to turn twenty five. I went up on stage. First joke, I uh, like opened up with my name, and then I was gonna talk about the first time I had sex. Cause I didn't, I didn't. Where most people, they like have sex around in it. Our high school experiences, our high school, or early college. I, I like bounced around so many colleges that I didn't have sex till I was like twenty, twenty-two, maybe twenty-three. About to turn twenty-three. So like, my my experiences even in life was like I didn't. Didn't have sex till 22. Didn't start smoking. Didn't even start smoking weed till like 23. And then like drinking, like like drinking, drinking. Didn't start till like you know around those periods of like 22, 23. 
of like, oh yeah, let's go out and grab a couple beers. I'm the first one to be like, when I was like 18 to 21, like, that's stupid. Why are you going to put poison in your body? Now I'm like, whoa, let's go. <laughs> let's go, let's go. What, what, why do you think it was poison to your body? Because it is poison to your body. What happens when you drink? Like the next day, you realize you have poison in your body. And whoever that like overly drinks, no one goes to the toilet, throws up and be like, you know what? I am, I am feeling great. Now, did, <laughs> did you come from to this perspective? Was it was it because of the D.A.R.E. program or was it? Hmm? Like, how'd you get that perspective so young? Because usually people um, straight out of high school, they're like, oh, I want to party, even though they're underage. So it's, it's kind of funny. Like, my, my second brother was like the was like the drug dealer at my high school. So you were surrounded by drugs in your childhood. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. But at the same time, it's there's no other option. Yeah. 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 And that left a mark in you. Yeah. 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 That makes sense now. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I was, I was like, going to be like, yeah, but. And then as I kept thinking, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, cause I started thinking like, where did this like my dad used to be like, yeah, we have a lot of skunks. And I'm like, damn, there's a lot of skunks <laughs> in this house. Why I keep smelling skunks? Why are they always in the garage? <laughs> so you, you, yeah, why you always know, have a cop pipe that always uh, smells like skunks? A week ago, I was doing a group project and I smell weed. And someone who obviously never smelled weed before was like, it smells like skunk right here. <laughs> I looked at her. I was like, it's weed. And she goes, oh. What really? Like she never smelled weed this, before. Yeah, it smells like skunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like did I learn like the phrases that like people would say in my family? Like now I say now as an adult, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I I used to really think like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go outside and catch some air. It was like, oh, they needed to take a breather because they were angry. No. <laughs> oh, my phone is going off now. See. Yeah, what's wrong with both of us? It's balling so hard, bro. Balling so hard. I know. Oh. People are blaring up. Um, put us on airplane mode. There we go. And were any of your parents creative? Uh, my dad, um, my grandfather played the horn. He, and that's how he ended up in California. He's originally from Richmond, Virginia. He played the horn when he was in the military. He played the, I, I still have his like bugle. When he passed away, I have his yeah. bu- I have my grandfather's bugle. My dad ran track. He can really like my dad can cook and like do really good calligraphy, but he's super lazy. Um, so like the, the creative gene was always with the Curtis Taylors throughout the generations. Yeah, I'm kind of. I hope my son becomes like a normie. Like I hope he's like really uber normal. Like I want him to become like a lawyer or an accountant. So Something. you don't want him to be creative. You want him to no, be like I mean, it, it'll be cool because I already know how to handle that, but it's like I I wanna I wanna be a parent where I look at my son and I want a challenge. Like everything in my life is like I want a challenge. I wanna be challenged. Cause at the end it's like, man, if I wasn't challenged throughout all of this, then it's like why wake up in the morning? Like why Right. So, which is ironic because some people are like, I don't want to be challenged today, so I do not want to wake up in the morning. And that's why they lose. That's why they lose. <laughs> that's why they're stuck in bed. That's why they're they're probably still sleeping, listening to this podcast, being like, man, this guy ain't that funny. Like you know, there's always that. They they have a name for them in the 21st century called haters. Haters, haters. We have a name for them. Uh, so already we established that you had a creative gene in you. Jumping back, first open mic. The Brit. How'd it go? Talked about the first time I had sex. While I was on performing, the mic broke. The mic broke off. So I'm still doing my, like, I'm two minutes in. I had, like, 
two minutes in, and then all of a sudden you hear someone in the background like, "Hey, hey, back up the mic!" Like, (laughs) you didn't notice it. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just spitting. I'm just going. I'm just, you know, doing my act outs. You know, you're in the zone. I'm in the zone. And then, like, I look up, and then you just see like everybody's eyes super wide, like. Like, come on, man. Don't you see it? I'm like, oh, fuck. So I connected. I'm like, now that was just as awkward as my first time. And I opened up with, like, sex. And they're like, oh, man, that was the greatest punchline in the world. But it was like, crowd laughed. I was like, yeah. And then my friend, I'm like, yeah, okay. This is, okay. I can see why people like it. And then I got invited to do a show, like, out in Vegas. And it was a, like, I was around people that did it, like, five, ten years. And it was the first time, like, I looked around. I'm like, oh, well, talent ain't going to help me because these motherfuckers. <laughs> like, this, like I saw this girl say she bombed and made someone, like, laugh. Like, you know, people walk out of the room in a bad way. It wasn't that. Like, the person had to leave because they were, like, laughing and, like, sounding like they're going to die. It's like, man, I should have. I just need to fix this joke right here. I'm like, bitch. Like, I went up. They didn't say nothing. It was silent. Oh, that's bad. It was I, this, hate, I hate it. That stare, silent. and they don't know what they did. Looking at you like, why are you here? And you're looking like, why am I here? <laughs> should have stayed. I would have been with the bed. I should have been a hater today. <laughs> like... <laughs> And I went like so that that was a funny thing was it was also like new it was also New Year's so like I had X amount of time of like oh yeah I had ups and downs but I never always said like I never really bombed I mean I've had nights where yeah I sucked but it's like yeah I sucked but I'm new though yeah I didn't do yeah I'm supposed to suck I'm supposed to suck (laughs) but then like I bombed like and that's when I was like okay well that was the start of like okay is this a career is this a hobby and then i slowly was like okay this is a career how am i gonna dress what am i gonna look like because to me it's like i i when i'm on stage i really there's three things i do i rather be backstage dance my ass off to get my get my mind body and soul right i'd rather dress in a suit because they paid dollars to be there they're giving me their attention at least show them that i'm there to work I'll be mad if I met an accountant wearing a pajamas. So why am I a comedian not dressed up? And that's just me. As, that's just me being like proper about it. Um, and last but not least is like I gotta I gotta do my art. I mean, there's some nights yeah I might not be on the on my on my level, but no one shows up to work trying to be a hundred every day. But at least I'm gonna try to put my all in it. So that's that's the three things I throw in. Just like dress up have fun and be technical be proper about it because you never know who's going to be out there you, you might mess around and get a comedy central special off of somebody just being sitting there and in there so for you is that the goal uh, your comedy goal is to get a, a special on comedy central my my goal is to i wrote i wrote stuff i wrote scripts and stuff like that my my goal is to someday be be known as one of those great comedians and have comedy be like one of those things that they say yeah and then have like other stuff be like because of x and b and c and have a house and have kids and have a beautiful wife and have comedy be just like just like how someone works 
construction. They go, they do their job, they come home, they drink their beer, they talk shit with their friends, and they go back to sleep. Like, I used to work on tires, and that's, met a dude named Chewy. Jesus. God love him. <laughs> I still say, man, I think they messed up on the Bible. It should say a lot more about Chewy. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. The Testament of Chewy. Testament of Chewy. Sounds so sick, though. <laughs> Testament of Chewy. <laughs> and on the third day, Chewy showed up out of nowhere with tequila. <laughs> what? Chewy? <laughs> <laughs> Ball so hard. I thought you were hung out to dry. <laughs> he said, no, Simon. No, Simon. You think I'm just going to go out like a punk? And they're like, no, no, Chewy, you crazy. But uh, the Chewy I know, he would show up every day at work on time. In this like, like janky car, and he would work his work, just work, just work. Not everybody's doing their drama. People were talking about girls they saw. I mean, he did stick stick his head out whenever a hot chick walked by. I mean, we all dudes. Let's be real, you know. But like, when he was done with his shift, he dressed down, put on his pants. I'm like, where are you gonna go, Chewy? I'm gonna go do what I always do. I'm gonna go to a bar, I'm gonna have a couple beers, I'm gonna go to sleep, I'm come back here to see your face. And it, that's what it is. And like that mentality was always amazing to me. Just to always just like he didn't have no other options. He didn't really care about it. He cared about his kids, making money for his wife. He lived in they all lived in Guatemala. You lived up here in the United States, make the money, come back down, you know, celebrate with the homies. And then, you know, kiss, kiss the wife, put another baby in her, bounce back up. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go back on the grind. It's just like, man, that was the life. And to me, it's like, I can do that same thing in an art where, shoot, it's probably going to be tougher because girls come easy when you become an entertainer. Money becomes even faster. And it's, and my whole thing is like, if I can live a life where I have a happy wife, I have kids that want know what they want to be and they're leading themselves to their own ending of their own story and I don't want to see their ending then I've done my job shoot close the casket shoot plant food I want to be around a bunch of roses because I want to see roses blossom and I want each one to be like and hear somebody be like motherfucker they grown because they eating cricket no like that <laughs> do you find it you mentioned the girls and entertainers do you find it easier to hook up with women being a stand-up comedian? No. Yeah, same here. It's like it's so yeah. tough. It's yeah. so much tough because now it's like, as a comedian, I'm like, what do I say to sound funny? But I don't want to sound too stupid. And by the time I'm doing that whole logic, they've already walked past me. They've already moved away. Well, they maybe like deep inside, they know eventually that they're going to be part of the set. It's bound to happen. Not, yeah, true. But it's like, in my... Like, I, I really do want to have a girlfriend. I really do want that that end result. But at the same time, like I really don't want to give her bullshit. You know, I my thing is like a good girlfriend to me is I go perform at a show, get blacked out, wasted, and then she has to come and pick me up. And I didn't even go up on stage yet, so she has to tell my jokes while <laughs> um, while I'm sitting on the side. I think you're asking too much already. No, no, that's 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 that's, a, that's my line. Like, oh, you love me. And then we're gonna find out tonight's <laughs> open mic. Don't be telling you're me you're gonna put up with my shit, shit. and you're gonna say my shit, shit on stage. Yeah, because <laughs> you love me, right? I'm, I'm tired of people like I'm just meeting them, being like, "I love you," and I'm like, "No, you prove don't. it, prove it." We're gonna find out tonight, girl. <laughs> you should have just been happy, just taking my dick. Now you, now you love me. This is too much. This is too much. 
Oh man, yeah, I'm serious about that whole like getting blacked out wasted and having her do my set. But so she has to have a sense of humor. I mean, she, she has to. She has to be creative. Like she has to be creative. That's that's my thing. Because if you can't have someone that's like that has their feet on the floor when another person's flying off the ground, you gotta have someone that's on your level. If you're sitting on Mars, you gotta have someone being like, "Man, this is some nice weather in Mars." You gotta have someone that's equally planned. Now the interest can be totally different, but as long as there's a common ground, I think that's the foundation of a, a good relationship. Because once you have a common ground, like, "Oh, I'm never cheat on you. Oh, I never cheat on you either. Oh, I ain't gonna lie to. I don't, I'll lie to everybody else in the world except you." Oh, that's cool. I have the same opinion. Boom. Now you got your. Now you have your foundation. Now I ain't. I ain't one of those people with those examples that I gave but it's common ground now you have all these different you guys have different ideas of different goals different music that you like now you can make the relationship longer because now you're learning something new with someone that you care about my grandma told me I should have been a psychologist instead of a comedian <laughs> well we, we determined that we're not that different you're not right. that different like we're both able to commit suicide at the same rate Apparently. They do it faster though. They do it faster. Yeah. See, maybe because they know how. We don't know how. We well, just... they have more money than us. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> they that's have true. more money, and they've been in college <laughs> way long. They have a lot to give up. I mean, I'll be kind of pissed if I was like, "Man, I'm just sitting here listening to people talk." I spent 16 years in college. This is, yeah, your time's up. Yeah. So is mine. <laughs> <laughs> who Who are some of your biggest influences in comedy? My grandfather. Oh. Uh, he pa- he passed away. Um, he's actually the first person to give me my thirty. Funny thing, all the people that gave me like thirty minute specials are all people like I extreme like I was like holy snaps, you really want to hear me talk for thirty minutes? But it was first thirty minute special was for my fraternity for um, a benefit foundation. Um, my grandfather's funeral, he wrote it in his will. You were in the world that Curtis has to do a stand-up set. Yeah. No pressure. No wow. pressure. And it was like, I, and the funny thing was, my family was like, you can't use your headphones. You can't dance this out. <laughs> and I'm like, no dance in the funeral, Get man. out of my head, people. You know me. Don't be telling me what I can't do. I can do whatever I want. It's my grandfather's funeral. It's on his will. It's on his will. And then uh, there's, have you ever been in a longhouse? The longhouse? The longhouse in, uh, in Gilroy? No. There, they gave me a thirty-minute special, and that was like I think I was in my third, third, second year, somewhere around there. And they like, those are man, those three, those three times. No, I had another special, and I was like in Redwood City, and my brother kind of like made it up for me because I thought I could do it, and I slowly realized, I know I can't. I only had like fifteen, maybe a good fifteen and a shitty fifteen. So those like. But it was all kind of woven in together. So like it would be like two minutes of fire. Then it would be like five minutes of this. <laughs> Real like. And then another like two minutes of just butter. And then one minute of like, oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> I did a 30 minute once uh, for Scotty. It was for my um, my friend. They have a band that had the music. And they told me that I can be like the comedian of their, of their concert. Mm-hmm. But then they didn't tell me that I was going to be the closing act. So technically, all these bands, and including theirs, which is you know their name on the ticket, yeah, they were my openers. <laughs> and oh, that, so you had to go for the kill. Oh. Yeah, so I had a thirty minute. I never done a thirty minute before, and uh, I don't know. I think I like, it, it opened my eyes how much you know 
work I more I need because mm-hmm. I made you thirty minutes, but it's like you said, it's like you got like five good minutes. And five then. good, yeah. And that's the thing. Like right now, I'm 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 trying to build my first thirty. Like my first, I want to build a thirty minute to where I can present it in like TV shows or like Comedy Central or HBO or whatever big network, and they're like, that's a thirty minute. And and then I realized I I have all these. Uh, it's like as a comedian, you make all these jokes. You have all these pieces of different jokes. But then at the end, it's like, okay, which one of these pieces connect to make 30 minutes? Because you might have one-minute joke here, thirty a two-minute joke there, and they both make totally no sense together. But you have, you have to figure out a way to tell a story to where you can cover those two in X amount of time. And that's, and that's been fun, but it also been stressful. That's why I came back home because you can't do that when you only have like three minutes on stage. You can't be trying to throw three minutes of hot fire. It's like now I'm trying to build. You can run a marathon. You can run. You can run a hundred, but like when you run a marathon, shoot, you got to train. Yeah. Like endurance. Endurance. And I ran four. Like and to me, I feel like thirty minutes special is like running three, like four hundred yard hurdles. Yeah, you might beat them off the because and through. I'm sorry, I changed the subject. No, go for it. In 400-yard hurdles, there's you start off on a curve, and then there's the straightaway, and then there's the curve again, and then at the end there's this long, there's your long straightaway. So the objective, my dad was a track coach, so like he used to tell me like the objective of any 400-yard to run this whole lap, which remember there's stuff in the way, so there's hurdles in the way that you're still gonna have to show, do the proper technical terms going over the hurdle. Or just say fuck it and kick it over. But remember, that takes X amount of energy. So the beginning of hurdles is once the gun goes off, bang. First hurdle, second hurdle, third hurdle, fourth, sprint. But you're sprinting like about maybe 70, maybe 80. But you're like sprinting to get to the point of comfortable around that curve because you're kind of like leaning in. You're just trying to cover enough to get out of the curve. This curve's taking enough energy from one leg and having the other one whip around. Once you're in the straightaway, that that whip around is going to guide you through that long straight first straightaway. Now the first straightaway is where you kind of get comfortable. You breathe, you know, and that's another hundred. You just finished the first hundred going about 70%. Now you have a cruise rate because once you're going 70 and you're kind of cruising, your legs are going to naturally move and you just got to remember form. And that's where a lot of people mess up. Not the curve, just the first kind of like they trip up or they slow down a little bit because they're trying to find that balance. Once you get to the next curve, that's where this is where all the workouts come from. This is where all the technical parts come from. This is where as a comedian, this is where the callbacks come from. You want to establish dominance on the first curve, so then when you're on the second curve, and yeah, you're start now. Now that cruise becomes that that gear to where, and now we're going. Now I'm doing a callback. Now I'm presenting this to the crowd. Now they're seeing these characters that I brought back earlier, and now I'm bringing them in this whole new outlook. And as you're coming around that last curve, you realize, holy smokes. I'm picking up a lot of speed and I'm running out of energy. Now that last curve, you're coming out out of a, the last curve. You're coming to a straightaway, and a straightaway, they, it's a good old saying in 400 yard hurdles. You're just gonna have to just run. 
because you're running and there's only like you're coming off the curve that's the last hurdle before you get to these last three your first one it's not gonna look pretty when you're going over it but that's okay because there's two more left second one kick it kick it down just get it over with say the joke that you know it's almost close to the end and your last joke and this is the last hurdle hit it as hard as you can run through it if you can go over it go over it if you can run through it run through it but remember you're still gonna have to end your set or end the race and that's where either you stand tall or run through or either you gas for air and you finish it and once you finish it you finish it don't look back don't try to ask questions about what, why your knees bleeding you ran hurdles you're supposed to bleed <laughs> and that's and that's how I interpret like comedy as like I ran hurdles and I like I sh in my whole life I'm like man I should have took that super seriously because I, I really liked hurdles and the whole aspect of I'm running over stuff and I can kind of reach out and touch another person's hurdle and mess theirs up and nobody that's not a foul that's just I'm running hurdles <laughs> and then like it was that and it's like 110 is like oh my god it's like a cage match because if you're close to people they can they can whip their hand out slap you in the face you can elbow them you can do a lot of stuff with hurdles but that was my that's my interpretation of, of doing an hour uh, uh, anything from a 30 minute special to an hour it's just how you're going to run that race it's, I mean, now other people might have other theories about it, and that's cool. That's where, you know, the whole thing of your voice in comedy come from. Like, how are you going to portray this idea of art your way? So that's that's my theory of, of doing it. Tracking comedy. Tracking Very comedy. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Very well done. It's like, wow, where's he going with this? And it's like, wow, he yeah, makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. That, Blew that, my mind. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, that was that was a good chill session with like with friends, and then I talked to my dad about it. And my dad's like, "Wow!" And my dad's like a track coach, He's like, "Well, yeah, yeah, talk to well, son, talk to well." <laughs> thanks, thanks, Junior. Uh, thanks, Curtis Taylor the second. I like my grandfather used to say like, he, "All right, Junior," <laughs> and he'll like say it so like mean. I'm like, "Dang, it's all right. You you always gonna have the bronze medal." That's what he would tell you. You always got bronze medal with my eye, boy. Thank you. And he was your biggest comedy inspiration. Mm-hmm. Because he would say, he would say stuff to people that was snarky or like smart. Like it was so smart, but it was such like, mm, I should I, I don't know if he was being mean or being frank with me. Like he was just being witty. Yeah, super witty. And like he would walk up like one time, like we, he faked being sick on Sunday not to go to church and I I said my sisters were like man you're a liar my oldest sister's like you're a liar and he's like shh shh I can get you out too <laughs> and like you know what I think these kids need to take care of me and grandma was like forget it I'll go by myself you go ahead Maggie you go ahead so she goes and like he said you wanna get some ice cream <laughs> cause like we got away with cold blood crime so we go and there's this girl right like girl at the ice cream shop you know, and you remember thrifties in the square like ice cream thrifties thrifties ice cream now it's like rite aid yeah rite aid here yeah. in thrifties in la so we're there at thrifties oh so it's like safeway here and it's called vons over there yeah so so rite aid here thrifties over there thrifties over there okay so we get our, we get our ice cream and the girls getting the ice cream for us is named crystal 
I was like, hey, how you doing, Crystal? And Crystal looks all pissy because, you know, it's Sunday. And she's like, freaking digging ice cream. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, fine. Crystal, come on, Crystal. Don't be don't be showing me no tough love, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, she's like, here's your ice cream. You're funny. And like, Crystal, I don't want to call you Crystal no more. You better than that. <laughs> she's like, really? What are you going to call me? He's like, you're a diamond. Cause you're dumb. <laughs> and I was like, as a little kid, I'm like, whoa, whoa, is that gay? My sister's like, grandpa's like, I'm just telling the truth. Gonna be mean to me. I got three scoops. You guys only got one. And you're gonna be mad at me. I bought the ice cream. I'm gonna go pay for it. I ain't gonna run out with it with these kids. They're gonna chase me down. She <laughs> just giggles and does it. And that's when I was like, so, alright, so you can do that in this world? <laughs> and that was, that's when. All the rest yeah. of the stuff, like seeing him make fun of people and the family, even on his deathbed, like my cousin showed up and she had like long braids and she was like, oh my God, grandpa, I'm so sorry. It's going to be so tough to you. And he goes, who invited the horse? <laughs> <laughs> on his deathbed. On his deathbed. Great sense of humor, You're like, man. come on. <laughs> like, you're just, you're so funny. And Are she's you? like, that's not funny at all. He's like, who bought you that? <laughs> just, yeah, grandfather was like very authentic man. And like my dream is to get to that level as comedy of like, can I really just be naturally funny, but also say some things that can help change the world? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe a couple words. Maybe two two jokes. Maybe three. If not three, yeah, I'll get a good one. Maybe get a good one. But yeah. All right, Curtis. It's that one hour mark. Hmm. Closing up shot. Uh, it's, the la- it's the last hundred. The last hundred. Do is I get it, to kick uh, shit? <laughs> if uh, people want to find your stuff, is there anything they could find your stuff? Uh, go on, go on the internet. Type in <laughs> Curtis Taylor the Third, and it will guide you. Um, you can go on any social media network. Doesn't matter. You can Bing me. You can Google it. Shoot. You can so, Spotify. If you want to be in Curtis Taylor the Third, find out. <laughs> no, Bing him good. Bing him good. Uh, tw- Twitter, anything like that? Uh, I have a Twitter. It's it's my full name, Curtis. It literally, all you gotta do is just type up my name, like Curtis Taylor the Third, and it's this uh, Curtis Taylor number three RD. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm mostly on that, putting quotes up because I like quotes. Quotes make the day better. Um, Curtis Taylor photos. Curtis Taylor the Third photos. Uh, find me on Facebook. Uh, phone number is Erico four zero eight six one three nine three six. It's for the ladies, you know. It's for the ladies. You don't know. You really, you really want to put that out there? I just did that. That oh, just happened. Man. You see how smooth that was? <laughs> Woo! Taylor blood never falls. Never. Hey, he really wants to get binged, ladies. Give no, him a call. No. <laughs> Give him a call. <laughs> you can Google it. You can Google it. You can Safari. Is Safari still alive? That's still oh, Safari. Yeah, is that, I think it's for Apple. Is that at? Uh, it's still. Yeah, it's, it's still fine. Yeah. yeah, Safari that. Safari that. You know, girls with girls with uh, Apple phones, they do stuff. You know, no, <laughs> no, I I have an HTC. You know, hey. <laughs> well, we're on a comedian's budget. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> living the dream. Metro PCS. You know, shoot, I'm just happy that my mom pays for my phone bill. <laughs> But that's this year. That's next year. Woo, that's all. There's a lot of stuff I'm going to do all me. Like, cause I'm going to be a grown man right now. I'm just a young gentleman happy to get help from other people. There you go. Still, Erico408. <laughs>
All right, Curtis, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, it's been fun. <laughs>